You remember when you were a kid and you hit your brother or your sister? Oh, you, when you hit somebody and, and some adult in your life said, say you're sorry. You're like, sorry. Not, not sorry. Right? <laughs> <coughs> Landon and Claire do this all the time. Landon does this all the time. Sorry, not sorry. Right? Or, or do, you, do you, right? It's, it's just we're, we're like that. Or, or when, when you're passing somebody in the street and you're like, how are you? You don't give a flying fig how they are. You're just pretending that you're nice, right? How are you? I don't care, right? <laughs> or, or have you said, you know, that sounds great, thoughts and prayers. I'm not going to think about you. I'm not going to pray for you, right? We're sending thoughts and prayers. Talk about a cop-out. We, sorry, not sorry. You remember, you all know this. We're good at pretending. We're really good at pretending, right? We're, we're pretending we care. We're good at pretending we're nice people. We're good at pretending we're sorry after we punch our sibling for taking away our bottle cap collection. Sorry, not sorry. Right? Sorry, not sorry. We're good. And we're also good at pretending with our faith. Ooh, now you're getting somewhere. All right. Jess, could you hit the next slide for me, please? Whoops. Boom. We are a technical mess today. There we go. There we go. So today, pretending with our faith is our fourth Sunday in Advent, the fourth Sundays before waiting for God's arrival in Jesus on Christmas. The, f- the unique future that God is, has in mind for us is that God is with us. The first Sunday of Advent, we heard the Rowleys read this. The first Sunday was the Sunday of peace, where God's future that God has for us is a future of peace. The second Sunday was of Advent was the Sunday of justice, where God wants justice in all the earth. But we were talking about how that's a little hard to decide what that is. And so we just love God wholeheartedly and love everybody as we love ourselves. Last week was the Sunday of hope and healing. Wow, how God's future that he has in mind for us is one of hope and healing for all of us in all the world. And today, this last candle, this last Sunday before Christmas is God's future is that God would be with us. And we're going to use Isaiah chapter 7 verses 10 through 16 to talk about this. The future that God has dreamed for us is that God would be with us, Emmanuel. Come, Lord Jesus. So, if you would hit the next slide, Jess, Emmanuel, God with us. That's God's unique future that God has in mind for all of us to be with us, to be with you, not far away, present with us. So for our next slide, this one, share a time you've experienced God's presence. So you can either type it up here on your device or would someone like to share a time that you experienced God's presence? When you lost your grandfather. Okay. Thank you. When you did what? 
Oh, oh, the mission trip to Mountaintop. Okay, good. God's presence there. Anyone else care to share? We've got a yes on the board. When as a 16-year-old, I witnessed my first death. You saw your first witness, your first death. Okay. It's something to that, isn't it? That last breath. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Emmanuel reminds me of a... I got introduced to a new employee at work, a young man from someplace in Africa, and his name was Emmanuel, and he was on Emmanuel, and I said, God with us, and he just put the biggest smile on his face. Neat. If you didn't hear in the back, um, Jan was at work and he got introduced to a new employee from Africa and his name was Emmanuel. And he said, God with us. And the, the new acquaintance smiled big as could be. Wonderful. Thank you. Anyone else experience God? After my husband died and was buried, I felt that he was brought to me by God to visit. He woke me up during the night, just the way he always did when we came home for a trip. Uh, I, I can't, there had to be about four different instances. Okay. Okay, so. Okay, the presence of God through after a husband had passed and comfort given. What else? Someone else? Okay, well, we'll move on here. Look at all of these Christmas morning, every sunrise, wedding vows, wilderness, nice. Hold a child, watching a child grow baptized. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, hit the next slide if you would, Jess. This is Isaiah, Old Testament prophet, chapter 7, verses 10 through 16. Again, the Lord spoke to King Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David. Is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young man is... Oh, young woman, rather. (laughs) That would be crazy. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son. And shall... Name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. Huh? So we have two texts today. I read to you Matthew, the very well-known one, and I read to you Isaiah 7, the lesser-known one. Today's scripture out of Isaiah 7 is this map right here, the the background. After King David, after King Solomon, there was a big civil war, right? And Israel split into two halves, northern kingdom called Israel, southern kingdom named Judah. Uh, Jerusalem's in Judah and And uh, during this time when Isaiah was speaking to King Ahaz, Ahaz was in Judah, in Jerusalem. And and at this time, you see the northern kingdom didn't like the southern kingdom. It's funny how, right? Like church people, we're all supposed to be on the same team, but sometimes we can go to war with each other. And 
Israel, they weren't real happy with Judah, and so they, were, they made a deal with the nearby Syrians. They said, hey, Syria, let's go wipe out Judah, and we'll split the prophets. Syria's like golden, man, we're going to do it. King Ahaz down in Judah, he was worried because he had two armies coming for him. He knew, right? And so God says, hey, Isaiah, go give some comforting words to King Ahaz. Isaiah's like, cool, we'll go do that. So he comes and and Ahaz says, hey, it's a prophet. Good thing I've already made up my mind. And, And he's, hey, it's a prophet. And Isaiah, God says, God says through Isaiah, Ask for a sign, man. I'll show you a sign. That I, I'm here for you. I've, I've got your back. We're good. And Ahaz says, hey, thanks. Uh, send thoughts and prayers. Um, you know, post on my Facebook wall. That's, that's effective. Um, thanks, God. I really, yeah. See, Ahaz was a king in Jerusalem. He knew what he was supposed to say, right? So he put on his church face. And he said, he said I trust God. And I'm not going to test God. Oh, you shouldn't test God. When in fact, he had already made up his mind. He knew what he was doing. Well, what was he doing, Aaron? Well, you see, he had sent word to another kingdom called the Assyrians. Not the Syrians, but the Assyrians who were even farther over in the Middle East there. And not just anybody, but the mortal enemy of Israel. The mortal enemy of Israel. And... So Isaiah knew this because God had told him and he said, dude, you asked your mortal enemy for help instead of trusting in God. This was, I, this was Ahaz being trusted, uh, tested for trust. This wasn't about God at all. He said, you didn't trust God and here's going to be the sign for you. A young woman is going to give birth to a baby. We're going to call him Emmanuel and before that baby is very old, Israel and the Syrians are going to go away, but Assyria is going to destroy you. Lo and behold, it worked. That's the background of today. When God arrived, Ahaz was shown to be false. Now, okay, click over to the next one. You're like, dude, what in the world does this have to do with Christmas? <laughs> what, aren't we supposed to be all like, like smushy, feeling warm and eat too much chocolate-covered cherries? Just in case you know, April loves chocolate-covered cherries. Buy her as many boxes of those as you can. That's the one, the cordials. She loves them. <laughs> All right. I'm off topic. Back to this. Sorry. So what's this have to do? Okay, so I'm reading this, I'm reading this scripture, right? And I'm like, okay, God with us, Emmanuel. He's supposed to trust God. What's up with this, Aaron? So I'm thinking, I'm reading, I'm praying. What, what am I going to learn from this? And lesson number one I learned from this God with us bit is that you know what? God is trustworthy, and you know what? Oftentimes I don't trust. Lesson number one for Aaron this week is God is trustworthy and a lot of times I'm King Ahaz. Thoughts and prayers, baby. And I'm going to go take care of myself. You ever done that? Right? And and it slapped me here because do I really trust God? A lot of times I don't. I trust in myself and my brain and 
You know, it's hard. I think it's harder to be a Christian in America than it is in some impoverished country around the world. I think it is. Because here we have everything we could ever want or need or things we don't want and need. Look at Christmas. Right? You don't need God when you have everything you could ever not want. Right? We're so bad at it, we give people money now because we don't know what to buy them because they have everything anyway. And you're all like, oh, hey, that's you, right? <laughs> right? We, we don't know what to buy each other, so we like, here, buy yourself something. Whereas if we were in a country where there was no doctors, no medicine, no electricity, no jobs, no water, maybe we would trust God a little more. I don't know, but... But I think sometimes I fall down really, really bad at trusting God. And God's like, Aaron, I, you know what? I've sent the Spirit of God, the, the Spirit of the risen Christ to be with you. And yet you, you have trouble trusting. And, and you know what? Yeah, sometimes I do. do. Do you? Because sometimes in life, well, no, wait a minute, check that. Every day in life is a new adventure in trust with God. And, and we can either trust God or not trust God. And are, are you a believer in Jesus the Christ? If you are, this is, this, is your, this is your bread and butter. Trusting in God. Believing in God. That we will actually be, what? Well in the Lord. That we will be taken care of that we will be given what we need. Things won't be perfect by any means, but we will be taken care of. Whatever that means to God. Trusting in God. Have you ever prayed and been surprised when it came true? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And those of you that aren't raising and shaking, you're lying, right? Um, you, you know where liars go, right? To church. <laughs> No, right? We, we're, like, we're like, oh, dear Lord, we don't have money for rent this month. And then the money comes because drops it off. And we're like, well, would you look at that? Huh? <laughs> wow, am I surprised? God's like, well, didn't you ask for it? Well, yeah, I didn't really think you did that. I, I didn't really think you answered prayers, God. Sorry, I didn't trust you. I, I thought you're just like some pie in the sky person that we just talk about you know thoughts and prayers we don't really mean that god we really don't mean it do you okay whoopsie second lesson i learned if you would just hit the next one the next one is god's presence is a blessing or an embarrassment it was a pretty picture what does that mean? You remember when you got caught by your parents doing something stupid? What? what, what when, when dad or mom walked into the room? Was their presence a blessing or something terrifying and embarrassing? Embarrassing. Terrifying. You know, it's like she's like, you throw me under the bus, I will kill you. (laughs) 
So the same thing here, guys. This is, now, this is a problem. I see this all the time as a pastor. People <clears throat> mistakenly think that I, like, carry the presence of God or something. So when I introduce myself as a pastor, it's either a good thing or an embarrassment to them, and which makes me embarrassed, right? Because God's presence either is a blessing or an embarrassment and a curse. Because when we're doing right, it's a blessing. When we're doing wrong, it's a curse and it's an embarrassment. That's the lesson that happened to poor Ahaz and, and the, 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 the nation of Judah slash Israel. They were supposed to be following God. They were supposed to be following the law. They were supposed to be helping God make the world a better place. And they were not making any of those things happen. Like us. And when God showed up, Emmanuel, it was, not a, it was supposed to be a blessing. That sign, that faithful sign of God, God was always coming to them to help them. But when God finally arrived, because they didn't have their hearts in the right place, it was an embarrassment and a curse. So Christmas cheer. If our hearts aren't right, this coming Christmas day when we remember God, a very God, stepping onto this planet, it's either going to be a blessing or a curse, a blessing or an embarrassment, something to give us joy or something to make us look away because we know where we stand. We know where we stand. We can fool everybody but God and everybody but ourselves, Right? God always wants to come to us. God's plan was always to be with us. God is always coming to us every day. And church, how is our heart to receive Him? Do we receive Emmanuel with joy and welcome or with embarrassment and shame? is it you know what if what if god what if, let, let's say what if resurrected jesus walked through our, our our door right now he's like yeah it's me see here here and here it's me would we be happy about it or would we look away saying oh man a little of both what time? <laughs> High five, Jesus. <laughs> Happy? I don't know. Third lesson. Can't be a sermon without three points. So the third point is find your voice. Let us not lose our unique voice. Okay, let's go back to poor old Ahaz here. Mr. King. King Ahaz, he... He wasn't trusting in God, right? He was trusting in Assyria. He was trusting in the nations. And, and Israel was supposed to be God's very own people who trusted in God alone. Israel was supposed to be God's very own people who made things better and showed God, showed the world that God was real and present and with them and had a plan for things. That was Israel's sole job. <laughs> you had one job, right? They... They were to show the world that God was here. And God had a plan 
to fix what had gone wrong. And yet King Ahaz had set aside that vocation and picked up what looked good to him. To use the words from the book of Judges, he did what was right in his own eyes rather than what was right in God's eyes. And so when Israel chose to look like everyone else, they lost their message, they lost their unique voice. When Israel chose to trust in the nations and not God, they lost their unique message and their their unique voice. When Israel chose to do that, they had nothing special to say to anybody. Now, what's the lesson then, Aaron? Well, the lesson to me is that if I start to look like everybody else around me who is not believers, if I start to follow the morals of the day that does not find its basis in Christ the King, if I do anything that is not centered upon God as revealed in Jesus the Christ, I lose my voice and my message. And this might as well be rotary. This is a church. This isn't rotary. When a church focuses on the wrong things, it loses its voice. When the church co-opts the messages of the surrounding culture, it loses its unique voice, its unique message, its message of hope. When a church looks exactly like the surrounding culture, except we dress better and put perfume on and sing songs, we have lost our voice and our message. When we take our cues from society at large and not Jesus as Christ, it revealed revealed Word of God, we have lost our voice. We have lost our message. We have lost our hope. And this becomes useless, irrelevant, of no account. When Israel, well, Judah, when King Ahaz chose to not trust God, Judah lost its message and it was overrun. When a church decides to trust in something other than God, it loses its message and it is overtaken. The church is in trouble in North America. You know that, don't you? There's a few churches that are really tearing it up. There's a lot of churches that are struggling to hang on because we haven't held to our voice, our message. We haven't given anybody a gospel worth believing and dying for. I'll just be a nice person. Be spiritual. (laughs) I'm telling you what, Jesus isn't about being spiritual. Jesus didn't say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, thy spirituality come, thy spirituality be done on niceness as it is in niceness. Give us this day niceness so that we might be nice to other people. It's very specific about what we are. I'm being a little facetious there. But is this church relevant or is this church irrelevant? Is the faith that we speak of worth living for? Is it worth dying for? Is the gospel that we believe in Jesus, the crucified and resurrected King, is that worth living for? Is that worth your life? Or is that not even worth getting out of bed for? Nice Jesus isn't worth getting out of bed for. 
King Jesus is worth dying for. Spirituality Jesus is no different than Buddha or Shiva or any of those others. The unique voice of the Christian faith is that Jesus is the King. Hope of the world. That's who we are and that's where we stand this Christmas season. On the 25th, we, on, we will light this Christ candle believing that Christ has come to us, God has come to us, and that the world is never the same again. So how is it today, guys? How is it today with our trust and our faith and our unique voice and our unique message? How is it with us today? Choose today who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua, to the people of Israel. If you might hit the next slide. Let's talk about trust. What could this church do if we knew we could not fail? A new building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Buildings are tools to do ministry, aren't they? Buildings aren't ends in themselves. This is a building. What happens here is what's important. What happens among the people? What could we do if we believed we couldn't fail? And why do we believe that we will? God said, ask me for a sign. Ahaz as high as heaven above or Sheol below. And I will show you. Have you spoken to God about any of that? Have we talked about changing Rochester? Or are we irrelevant this Christmas season? Oh yeah, there you go. You all know just what it means to trust. This Christmas coming on the 25th, I leave it to you today to be people of trust, people of hope, people of unique voice, people of Christ faith, people of Christ's voice, people who move mountains. Amen.